Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Support for today's show comes from PrepDish, a healthy subscription-based meal planning service. No more thinking about your meals, you guys. Let PrepDish do the planning for you. When you sign up, you're going to receive an email that includes a grocery list plus prep-ahead instructions so that all of your meals are ready for the week. No guesswork needed for those meals. Right now, Allison, the founder of PrepDish, is offering you a month-long trial for $4. Yes, you heard me right. You're going to get to try it out for a dollar per week. Go to prepdish.com slash happy hour to get your first month of prep dish for only $4. Hey friends, you are listening to episode number 201. And my guest for today's show is Priscilla Shower. Priscilla is a wife and a mom to boy. She's an author, a teacher, a podcast host, actress. Plus, I think she's a lot more personally that she's got going on. Today, Priscilla and I talk about raising boys, what spurred her on to write a trilogy for young kids, how she became an actress, plus so much more. Her sister, Crystal, and her cousin, Winter, have both been on the show before, so it's only fitting that we got her on as well. You guys, before we get to the conversation that I had with Priscilla, I want to ask a favor of you. Would you be willing, if you love the show, and I hope you love it if you're still listening, to go over to iTunes and leave us a review? The iTunes reviews are so beneficial because they help more people find the happy hour. You found this show somehow. Someone told you about it. That's how you're here. And we want other women to find us as well. I'd love it if you'd leave us a review so more people can find us. We'll take five stars if you're willing to give them out. And a couple of nice words would be awesome. If you hate the show, I'm so sorry. But if you love the show, go leave us a review. I've made it super easy for you. Go to jamieivy.com slash iTunes. Here's a nice review that we recently received from Simply Being Abby. She said this, I love this podcast and Jamie is just the best. I look forward to listening every week and love the variety of guests she has on the show. I always leave listening feeling encouraged. I love that so much. Someone else left us a kind review recently. They said this, started listening a couple of months ago and cannot stop. This is such a highlight of my week. I am so encouraged, inspired, and lifted up through these interviews. Hearty, wholesome, and Jesus glorifying. Been recommending to all my girlfriends. Wow, thank you so, so, so much. One more, okay, guys, this is it. This review says this. I dropped in on the happy hour to catch the episodes with Jackie Hill Perry and Christine Kane. Wow and more wow. Honesty, boldness, and encouragement. Can't thank you enough for having guests on your podcast that go there and they take the word with them. Empowering and uplifting. Wow, thank you so much, Allie, for leaving that review. Guys, I hope that if you're loving the show that you'd be willing to leave us a review as well. Hey, you guys, any of y'all live in Texas, if you were anywhere close to Tyler, Texas, I want to tell you about an event that my husband Aaron and I are hosting next Monday night on July 16th. It's called Books and Brews with the Ivies. How fun is that? We're heading up to Tyler, Texas, and we're going to partner with Aaron's cousin. His name is Ryan Dixon, and he is the owner of True Vine Brewing Company, and they also have a pizza place in there. We're going to spend a night talking about our books. If you only knew, and the book that my husband released last fall, Still Away Home, Tickets are still available. They are $20 and that gets you a book. And then there's pizza to buy as well. Go to jamieivy.com slash events and look for the Books and Brews event. I hope to see you guys there. Tyler, Texas, Monday night, July 16th. $20 gets you in and a book. All right, guys, here is my conversation with Priscilla. Hey, Priscilla, welcome to the happy hour. 
Thanks for having me. This is so fun. Um, I know that my audience knows who you are, uh, but will you just introduce yourself real quick and let us know what your life looks like? Absolutely. My name is Priscilla. That is who I am. Have been now for 43 (laughs) years. So there's my age. And um, I get to be married to Jerry. We've been married 19 years. And then we have three sons. So really my full-time job is that I'm busy feeding um, man children and trying to take care of them and doing laundry and all that regular stuff of life. And we get to do a little ministry as well. Okay. So how old are your boys? So now they are 15, uh, 14, and then I have a almost 10 year old. So we are kind of in the throes of one of them just finished high school. The other one's on his way into high school. And then I have got a fourth grader. So it's, we're sort of just all over the spectrum, but just a life filled with football and basketball and soccer and all things sports. This is my world as well. I have a 14-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 12-year-old. Those are all boys. And then I have a 10-year-old yes. girl. So we, I feel like that they are they are almost men, Priscilla, with the amount of food that they're intaking. It's ridiculous. I remember the exact day where it occurred to me I was going to have to buy two chickens to be able to <laughs> oh feed them for dinner. Like I couldn't just cook one chicken anymore and it'd be enough. It was going to have to be two of them. Right. And I remember when we used to go out to eat and my husband and I would get a, each a meal and then they would eat off our plates. Yeah. Totally. I mean, that's forever ago. But remember when you could just be like, just get them some tortillas. They'll be fine. And now everybody needs a meal. I know. And then it used to be at least if they had to get their own meal, they could find something on the kids menu. But <laughs> yes, now, yes. Uh, no, that would never work. That day has long passed us at the Ivy family um, and your family as well with kids meals. Well, I am so excited to have you on the happy hour. Your sister's been on, your cousin's been on. We're just going to go through your whole family. So we're just going to get everybody in the Evans family on the happy hour. Um, Well, listen, I've got to say, I've felt a little left out. And so (laughs) I have just been waiting on my turn to be on the happy hour. Well, you've been spoken very highly of from from your people. Um, you know, I met, I think I met winter before I met crystal and, um, we went on a trip together and just had the best time. Everybody in your family that I've met so far, I adore, um, so much. And I, and I sometimes love and might be a little bit jealous. I don't have a sister and I don't have any close girl cousins. You guys have a lot of fun together. We, we actually do. I was just thinking that as you were talking that they really are my best friends. Like we just do life together. And Winter is one of my best friends. Crystal's one of my best friends. And it's just a joy to be able to have these family members, these sisters, really, who just were in the same season of life raising our kids. And from everything from the kind of surfacey but necessary things of what are y'all cooking for dinner tonight? What just send me that recipe, please, so I can do that mm-hmm. to the deeper, more needful things of marriage or trying to talk through different seasons of life where I'm struggling to be able to have that in a family member really is a cool thing. We, we recognize the older we get, like you just said, Jamie, how actually that's a rare thing to not just have the family, but then to be close to them in proximity geographically, but then also in the heart. And so we're grateful for that. I can see it. It comes through and you can see that it's not just surface, that it is these deep connections that you guys have. Now you grew up, you're a pastor's kid. You have been in and around church your entire life. What does it feel like for you also being in ministry and raising kids now? How do you handle the, we're in ministry, but we're also just real people at home. Like you said, I'm making dinner, I'm doing laundry. 
but then I'm, you know, on a stage in front of thousands of people. How do you keep life pretty normal for those three boys at your house? Well, life is going to be normal if you've got three boys at your house. I mean, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's not even like an effort to have to make that happen. It just is because they're kids. And so I'm just not the kind of mom who has to have everything real clean all the time. You know, I, I just, I'm, I'm a very, my, my husband's a little bit more stringent than I am in terms of he's just more organized. He's more uh, detailed. And so he's had to loosen up a little bit. And I've had to sort of come up a little bit in terms of requiring that the boys keep certain areas sort of straightened and cleaned. But I'm not the kind of mom who, you know, wants her home to be TV ready or Instagram post ready all the time. Uh So I just kind of, I'm like, hey, this is where we live. This is who, you know, our real life is here, not underneath lights, not on stages. This is us. So have your friends over. Y'all enjoy yourself. Run around with your shirts off you know, pee on the tree out there. In the Whatever. Yep. <laughs> I'm just like, let's just enjoy this because this is our space. So it becomes mm-hmm. really um, easy to just feel normal when you have kids because it, it is what it is. The towel is going to be on the floor and you got to keep telling people to come pick up your towel, you know, go clean up your room. You're going to actually help with these dishes. You know, that's just trying to ingrain in them that family and home is a place where you get to relax and be who we really are without pretense and without concern about what other people around us expect us to be or what they've built up in their heads that we are. But at the same time, um, letting them join in with the responsibility side of family, that that too is important underneath the roof of our Mm -hmm. house. Because a lot of times, like you mentioned, being in ministry has meant the gift and the joy and the privilege of being able to travel a lot with our kids. We homeschooled for a lot of years, mostly for that reason, so that they could be with us mm-hmm. um, in ministry and we could do it together. But but if there is a, I guess, a negative side to that, which there are a few, but if there are, it's that you're in a hotel and that means that somebody's mm-hmm. bringing you a meal because you or, you know you just ordered room service or you don't have to make up your bed because there's somebody that does that that is right, on the hotel. Right. So you do that enough weekends with your kids and they start thinking that's normal. So it is very important to to me as their mother raising, you know, men who are going to be somebody's husband one day that you recognize that all of those things are not someone else's job. That that's your job to make sure that your space is clean and that you've taken pride and investment in the health of this entire family and home, that we're not just doing that for you. We're actually going to all do it together. And so just sort of calling them up to that standard is a the same as it would be for any other mom. It's just a consistent mm-hmm. daily repeating yourself over and over again, and then calling them to the fire and saying, hey, if this is not done, then actually the privileges that you get to enjoy, like basketball practice, that ain't happening if you have not done what you're there supposed you go. to do. Let me tell you what my girlfriend told me recently, and we've kind of implemented this in the Ivy household. And I'm noticing for some kids, this helps. And for other kids, like, I don't really care. But my girlfriend, Jana, was telling me that she decided that she was going to, she would ask her kids to clean their room, right? And if she didn't, she wasn't going to, like, she wasn't going to get upset or yell or become like, you know, in a bad mood because her kids didn't obey. She was just going to, she was going to pick up their towel or pick up the mess. And then she left a note in their room that said mom's cleaning service and then a bill. Yeah, that's awesome. And so then she took the money from them. And I'm like, that is such a great idea. Like, I'm not going to stress myself out, but mom's cleaning service just had to come through and you owe me $5 for what happened in this room today. 
Yeah, oh. absolutely. I think that's brilliant. And and I've had to talk to again my sweet husband who who is he was raised in a military family, so you know he made beds with like hospital corners right. and all. That. I yes. don't even know what that is, you know. Yeah. So um, so I've had to say to him, babe. You can't do this for the boys just because you do it better. Because the reality is sometimes as parents, we don't want our kids to do it because then it's going to be substandard. I mean, it just is. It's sloppy. Yes. The dishes are still actually going to be kind of dirty. Yes. Yes. Stand there with them and make them do it again. So it's easier to just do it yourself. And I'm like, babe, but if you, you know, our oldest is getting ready to be 16. If, If you keep doing the thing for him, he'll never sort of get his own groove with, folding his clothes right and cleaning his own room right and getting that toilet good, you know? Yep. Um, so we got to just go ahead and let them sort of do it in a substandard way and then take the time to train them and say, actually, here's the better way to do it. Let me show you. And then you repeat this so that they're actually being trained. Because I appreciate that my husband cares about those things, but the reason why he cares about them is because he was raised in a single parent home where didn't nobody have time for anybody to slack off. Everybody had to pull their own weight. And so that's why he's the kind of husband he is now. And I am so praying that these boys will be those kinds of husbands to my daughter-in-law more than their wife, my (laughs) daughter-in-law. Right. Okay. So you just mentioned that you have a son that's going to turn 16 soon. How are you, what kind of mama are you about driving? Are you like, I can't wait so you can help out with your brothers or are you... I can't even fathom you on the road. Well, gratefully, my oldest son is a very cautious, calculated, analytical person. Okay. So mm-hmm. he's very, you know, hesitant to to move forward quickly and that sort of stuff. So in that sense, I'm okay with him driving. I'm the one that's sort of been letting him get in the driver's seat in the parking lots, uh, you know, around our house so that he yeah, can, uh-huh. you know, in the church parking lot or the school parking lot that's near our home so that he can sort of start driving a little bit. So I'm okay with it. I wouldn't say I'm anxious about it um, or in terms uh-huh. of excited about it because the thought of a kid, you know, your kid on the actual road where other people are actually driving is a very daunting thought for me. Yeah. But I am looking yeah, me too. Yeah, but I am looking forward to it for him because I can see how his eyes light up at the possibility and the excitement of what that means in terms of the next phase of his life. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about that for him. That'll be fun. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. 
Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music. Just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Okay, so let's talk work now, all right? So how many, I know you've done tons of video-driven Bible studies. How many books have you written so far in your career? I have probably written about 14 books, maybe somewhere in that range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then probably 12 Bible studies. Okay. Something like that. Okay. So you recently within the past, I think two years and correct me if I'm wrong, because my boy, we have these and my, my oldest has read um, the first two. So we're still, we're, but you wrote a trilogy, Prince Warriors. And this, I remember when I got it in the mail and I thought, well, this is really cool that Priscilla is kind of doing something new here. What made you think, and I know you have boys, so I'm guessing that was a big thing about it, but what made you go from, my Bible studies are driven mainly towards women, I would assume, I've written, you know, books and devotionals, and then you think, I'm going to write a trilogy for young men. Where did that come from? Well, you're right. It, it was around the fact that I've had, I had these boys, and I'll tell you exactly where the Prince Warrior series was born. And how many years ago? I'll put a date on it for you because, Mm -hmm. you know, again, my oldest two are 16, about 16 and 14 right now. And um, this was when they were six and four. We were at breakfast one morning and I was like stirring up scrambled eggs, getting, getting ready to give them some scrambled eggs. And my youngest at the time, he said to me, mom, will I ever be in a battle? And this is during the, t- the phase in their life, you know, where they're, you know, they're, they're wearing capes to every errand yes. we run on. You know, they still want their cape and their sword in their hand. You know, it's just that phase of life for a boy. Don't you giggle when you see a little boy at the grocery store like that and your heart kind of thinks, I remember yeah, my babies being like that. So it's happy. precious. <laughs> me too. Me too. I love it yeah, so much. And I just okay. want to go to that mom and say, you're going to make it. Just hang on. I know. I yeah, know. And I also want to say to that mom, bravo for letting them wear their cape. Like who cares? Yes. Why don't wear their whole Batman yes. costume to the store? You know? Oh girl, we used to show up places with my kids looking rough because they just wanted to wear the same thing and who cares? I know. It's like who cares? Just let them enjoy being a kid. Yes. So you know, he says, Will I ever be in a battle? And of course I just thought, you know, no big deal. And I said to him, Well, buddy, you know, I'm sure you'll be in a battle someday. And he said, no, mom, I mean like a battle with Satan. That's what he said. Oh, and um, so, of course, I whip around, you know, spatula in hand. And I'm looking at him because he's four. And I'm thinking, what mm-hmm. kind of dream did you have last night? Or what's going on that that would be a question you would ask? And so I took it as an opportunity. I, you know, Ephesians 6 just started ringing in my head. I was just like, actually, buddy, you know, you are in a battle every day. And the enemy mm-hmm. wages war against you. And, and you know... You've got invisible armor. And his whole demeanor just sat up straight. The kid that always wants to wear a cape and always wants to have a sword in his hand, he said, You're are you telling me that I've got armor that's with me that I can't see? And I was like, Absolutely. 
So by that time, a six-year-old brother has joined the conversation and I pull out Ephesians 6 over our scrambled eggs. And I just started mm-hmm. telling them about the shield and telling them about, you know, the, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. And then just kind of describing in very, you know, juvenile terms, how it is that the enemy wages war against us. And then that we've got to wield these things against him. And I just saw a look of amazement and excitement and enthusiasm in their face. Now, now back up just about a month prior to that, I had been doing some reading with my oldest son, just, you know, at his grade level. And he hates, he still to this day hates reading. It's not something he wanted to do. And so I was reading with him paragraph by paragraph, just where I read one, you read one, just trying to get through a book, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And finally, we had come across one in all the books I wanted them to, to read that he was actually interested in. I don't remember the name of the book at the time. All I know was that it was had enough adventure and it was epic enough that he actually was interested in what we were reading. That is the first time that that had happened. And so I remember thinking at that moment, a month before my conversation over scrambled eggs, I remember thinking, gosh, I wish that this book was adventurous and mysterious, just like this one is, but had some sort of a spiritual dimension. What a great opportunity this would have been to open up a spiritual conversation with my boys if I had the mystery and the intrigue that led to spiritual things. So I just kind of tucked that thought in the back of my head and I didn't, I didn't think much of it except that, man, that would have been cool. So here we are a month later and after that conversation with my boys, it was almost like there have been a handful of my of times in my life where I've just felt a little bit of a, a burning heart toward a topic or a possibility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was one of those moments where after that conversation, it was like a holy whisper, like, this is the book. This is the book. It's on spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. It's about some regular kids like your boys who want to wear their capes and their, and their helmets and their, their take their bats and their swords to the store. But it points towards spiritual things. And I just kept, I had, I had told my boys that morning that they were princes and that they were warriors. And so I started a file, a Microsoft Word document file. This is such a long answer to your question, Jamie. Right. No, I love it. I love but it. All those years ago, I started a random Microsoft Word document called the Prince Warriors. And I started just creating these characters. I started um, thinking of how I would present these invisible pieces of armor. Would there be an invisible realm in which they would use them? And then how would that work out on earth in their regular lives? I just started thinking through that and writing down things in the months and years that followed. And I would write little short chapters because it was for my boys. I would just read them these chapters at bed at night. It wasn't, I had no intention of it being a published book. It was just a book to help my kid want to read. And then stir a conversation yeah. about spiritual things. And so fast forward about six years, I had all these chapters and all of these concepts and all of these characters. And I had read them all to my boys and they had loved them, had shared them with Crystal's kids and Winter's kids, you know, and they loved them. And I thought maybe there are some other parents who would appreciate some, some readers specifically in the hands of boys, but for all of our kids, um, but mm-hmm. specifically for the boys to make them interested in reading, but then give them a platform for an organic opportunity about the kind of tough topic of spiritual warfare. Mm. Well, we have them and um, my oldest, I told you he's read two of them and I'm going to bring them out again this summer. Uh, But I, it's boys in particular, some boys like 
they love to read, you know, like my oldest loves to read, but I have another one who doesn't love to read, but he does love things like this. The same reason that my boys have always loved those Bibles that um, they're animated. Yes. They're almost like comic, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I totally they love those that. as well for the same reason. It's like gets their attention and it's how they think. And so congratulations. Are you writing more kids books? Well, you know, we finished the trilogy and then it also had a 365 day devotional to go with it. Um, and uh-huh. then we've just written what is the sequel. So this will be the final book. It'll be out in August. And it's sort of the fourth and final closing chapter of the Prince Warrior series. Hey guys, I want to take a quick minute of your time and I want to thank our sponsors for the happy hour because they make the show happen. First, I want to tell you about Third Love. Here's what Third Love does is they use thousands of real women's measurements and then they design its bras with breast size and shape in mind so that they fit impeccably and feel even better. And now you guys, since adding 24 new sizes, Third Love offers the most options of any brand, a total of 70 sizes to choose from. Okay, so how this works is they have a Fit Finder quiz. You get on your computer, you take the quiz, and you order your bra, try it on at home. And you know what, guys? There's no more awkward fitting room experiences. And take it from me, I do wear these bras, and they are hands down the most comfortable bra that you're going to own. From premium, ultra soft smoothing fabrics to expert design features like straps that don't slip, The details make the difference. Here's one of the details I like is that the labels are even tagless. You know that itchy feeling you get when you have a tag back there? Not with Third Love bras. And because Third Love guarantees a perfect fit, returns and exchanges are free and easy. Guys, it was so great and so easy for me. Go online, do the quiz, and then my bra showed up. And if one didn't fit, I send it back and exchanges are free and easy. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they are offering my listeners, and that's you, 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash Jamie right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash Jamie for 15% off today. Guys, I also want to thank Fab Fit fun. Have you guys started getting these boxes yet? You know, I love getting stuff in the mail and the Fab Fit Fun boxes never let me down. Right now, the one that's available is the Fab Fit Fun Summer Editor's Box. Fab Fit Fun is a seasonal subscription box that delivers fashion, beauty, home, and fitness products for a life well-lived. The Editor's Box, which is the one that's available right now, it's available for purchase in between the seasonal boxes with newly discovered items and favorites from the past boxes. It's a fantastic value because all the products are full size and many products individual value is more than the entire cost of the box. Did you guys hear that? All of the products are full size. I love that so much about this box. So this summer in the editor's box, everyone's going to get the Yomi Kim train case in periwinkle or navy. It is so, so, so cute. The Ahava mineral hand cream. Remember, it's full size, you guys. The Spun Gel Papaya Yuzi Box Flower Body Wash Infused Buffer. I cannot wait to use that. And a range of other awesome products. Right now, if you sign up for FabFitFun today to get your summer's editor's box, you can use my code IVY. It's my last name, I-V-E-Y, to get $10 off your first box. Go to FabFitFun.com to sign up and start getting the box for a life well-lived. Use promo code IVY 
I-V-E-Y, to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 in product for only $39.99. Go to FabFitFun.com and use my code Ivy to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. You're closing a chapter. It's over. Yeah. And it feels weird because when I think about it, you know, I've written them uh, along with Gina Detweiler, who's incredible. I've written them, you know, fleshed them all the way out over the, just over the past three or four years we've done it, but really it's been a 10 year. Yeah. For you, for sure. Yeah. So it's been exciting. And, um, I'm just very interested and intrigued to see what the Lord might do with it from here. But in terms of the written portion of it, we're, we're all done. That's awesome. Well, we're going to give away a trilogy set. So mama, if you're listening and you're like, my boys would love these, check out my Instagram when this show airs and we're going to give away a set. But listen, Priscilla, I don't know if you ever thought you were going to do this when you started out all these years ago. You, not only have you written Bible studies, books, these children's books, which are amazing. Girl, you're in the movies. I'm so confused about that. (laughs) (laughs) You're in the movies. I don't know how that happened. In all all seriousness, I I don't know how old you were when you released your first book. How old were you? I was 24. I had no business writing anything. (laughs) Okay, so you're 24 and you start this new, what is going to be turned into a career. I don't know if you knew it at the time. What would your 24-year-old self think about your 43-year-old self now? (laughs) <laughs> my 24 year old self would be looking at, she, actually she wouldn't be saying anything because her mouth would just be a gate her eyes <laughs> yeah. would be open and she'd have a perplexed look like are you serious are right. you serious um and not just about what the lord has entrusted to us in ministry but about it all i mean i look at my kids and i just go are you serious how did this mm. happen that this big these big men are walking around my house and you know, feeding these people and all the laundry and the sports. Even when I'm sitting at a basketball tournament for endless hours, I just am thinking my 24-year-old self would never have pictured my (laughs) Saturdays in this way. Right, (laughs) right. I think think back to that sometimes. And someone recently asked me that question on an interview. And I think, you know, I don't think that you can ever prepare your younger self for the good and the bad that we've all, we've all probably walked through immense suffering in these 20 years as well. But there's no way we could let ourselves know what we're going to expect in the next 20 years. It's oh, crazy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is crazy. And, and I'm grateful to the Lord for that because half of us, yeah. half of it would scare us so severely. We would just sort of go live in a hole somewhere because we wouldn't think we'd be able to handle <laughs> what we would see. Yeah. And then the other half of us would just try to rush so, you know, mm-hmm. so quickly toward it that we would circumvent all the character or connections or fortitude that needed to be established in us in order to sustain us at that yeah. point. Yeah. That God, he knows what he's doing, doesn't he? Well, I'm so glad somebody does. Me too. Me too. Okay. So let's talk about the movies. You've you've um, been in two movies, um, War Room and I Can Only Imagine. And talk to us about how, you know, a Bible study teacher ends up in a movie. <laughs> you, you know me. <laughs> well, I tell you what happened. Um, the Kendrick brothers, who were the the guys that have given us, you know, fireproof and facing mm-hmm. the giants and courageous and and yes, war room. They called me back when they were filming Courageous, and I don't know if you remember that film, but that was the one where those police officers um, yes, who I were have. also fathers, you know, and and it was a, a big statement about fatherhood. And those guys uh, had wives. And they wanted me to play one of the wives. And, and I told them no, because at that time, number one, no, I'm not an actor. And uh-huh. number two, it was the end of the school year. They were filming in May and I was going to have to miss the last sort of two or three weeks of the boys schooling. They, and the boys weren't going to be able to come with me just because 
there was something going on in, the, in our schedule right then that wouldn't allow it. So I just mm-hmm. said, nah, it doesn't feel right. I'm not going to do it. They called me back later and said, well, we're, we always write materials that are in conjunction with our films so that if someone leaves the movies and they really want to, to explore further what the concept is and what God might want to do in their life, um, we want to have resources for them. So we're writing a book for men called The Resolution for Men. And they said, God has just laid, us, laid you on our heart that there should be a resolution for women. And we would love if you would partner with us in that. And so I, I thought about it for like six months um, because I've never, ever, Jamie, ever written or taken on a project that someone else thinks is good for me or that. I see. Yeah, yeah I just don't. They're like, hey, write about this. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. No, I've never done that. And as well-meaning as folks can be, you know, you can wrap your whole life up in doing what everybody else thinks is a great idea for you. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought about it for six months um, and then really was prayerful about it, me and Jerry. And then knowing the Kendrick brothers, at that time, we did not know them well, but we, we spent time with them. I really wanted to hear their heart. And there are such men and families, their wives, their children, they have so much integrity with this ministry, this unique ministry God has given them. And mm-hmm. I could clearly see that their heart was really not to just entertain people. They want the body of Christ through these movies and these books and resources to really be equipped to live full and victorious Mm -hmm. lives. And when I saw that, I couldn't help but want to jump on board and partner with them and making sure there was a resource for women. I'm saying all of that to say, that's how I kind of got to know uh, the Kendrick brothers well and to really establish with them a friendship that made me really grateful that the Lord would let me tag along a little bit in what they were doing in in that book at the time. So four years later, when they were writing War Room, I will never forget, they called us out of the blue and they said... Priscilla and Jerry, are you sitting down? And and we said, yes, actually, we're in a car driving. You're on speakerphone. What is it, guys? Uh-huh. These guys are characters. Do you hear me, Jamie? They are the uh-huh. most fun, hysterical people you've ever met. And they had taken all the titles of all of my books and crafted this, I guess, basically big run-on sentence that basically asked me if I would be the lead in War Room because they said, every time we're writing this character, We just think of you. We're thinking of how would Priscilla say this? What would it look like? We really think the Lord wants us to tell this film from an African-American experience. And we cannot think of anybody we want to play this other than you. And me and Jerry both laughed out loud. And then Uh I said, no, there's no way in the world y'all are going to get me to make a fool of myself on a huge (laughs) screen like that. And I gave them the names of other actresses who were like really actresses who I happened to, to know were also Christians, which was important uh-huh. to them that it would be somebody who actually believed the part. Right. Um, and I gave them names and I said, call these people. <laughs> I think they will do this. <laughs> um, because Jamie, let's be honest, we've all seen movies before that could have been good except that one actor was so bad that it ruined the whole thing. (laughs) And so you're like, I'm going to be that person to this movie. Yes. And I knew it was going to be a good film. I was like, y'all's movies, y'all's movies really touch people's lives. I don't want to ruin that. And they said, well, before you just say no completely, at least read the script and let's pray about it. Mm -hmm. And of course, when I read the script, I saw what now whoever has seen the actual movie has seen. And that is, that it, it wasn't just a movie, it was ministry, clearly mm-hmm. ministry. And so I basically pushed past a lot of fear, a lot of intimidation that I was not equipped or trained or skilled or anything. And I just ventured into what was one of the biggest challenges 
but one of the most rewarding opportunities. Um, in fact, I'll put it to you this way, uh, Jamie. Alex said this to me, and I'll never forget it. He said, Priscilla, do you realize that if you spoke on a weekend to a thousand people, let's say you took every Saturday for the rest of your life and spoke to a thousand people for the rest of your life, every Saturday, Mm -hmm. you will not speak to as many people as this movie will reach in a lifetime. Oh my gosh. And I hadn't considered that. So now well over 200 million people have seen War Room. And if I would have let my fear Mm -hmm. control me, and if I would have succumbed to it, which is what I wanted to, the movie War Room would have gone on, but mm-hmm. I would have missed the privilege and the gift of being a part of what God wanted to do to touch mm. people and to stir them up in their prayer lives. Um, and so with the War Room doing so well, um, I can't, you know, honestly, Jamie, we've gotten a lot of movie scripts that people have sent our way. Oh, I and, bet you have now. <laughs> and I've just sort of not ignored them, but not paid much attention to them because uh, that's not my main, my main goal is not to, to become an actress. I'm not trying to move to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. We're in ministry. That's what I'm, I'm called to do. I can only imagine was an opportunity for ministry. Mm. Um, that's why it stood out to me. It was another opportunity for me to, through this story in a very small way, help to show the, the redemptive power of Jesus Christ in the life of someone like Bart Miller, whose heart was hard and didn't mm-hmm. think he could ever forgive his abuser, but then also the life of his father, who was a monster and became a man of God. If God's power can do that, and I can help tell that to somebody who may never pick up a Bible study or may Mm. never go into a Christian bookstore and get one of those books or come to a women's conference, they're never going to do that. But they'll go sit in a movie because Dennis Quaid is in it and Mm -hmm. get some good popcorn and a Coke. And they'll watch that story. If the Lord's going to give me the privilege and the gift of being a part of something like that, now that's something that I'm, I'm willing to take the challenge on I'm willing to say, you know, fear, you're not going to keep me from mm. uh, and my family from being able to be a part of that gift. So we're, we're kind of all for it. We're just like, okay, Lord, whatever's next on the journey, yeah. we're down with it. If you want to use us for it, we'll be glad to do it. And it's almost like I was thinking when, you know, you're talking about the fear that you had and how you just thought, no, this is, I don't do this. I'm not an actor, all these kind of things. Also, I was thinking when you were talking about that, had you said no, I don't think you, you wouldn't even know right now what you missed out on. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like Exactly. Exactly, because the letters that we've gotten or the people that have stopped me in shopping malls or in grocery stores or Mm -hmm. just randomly and have said, I I just, I'm so sorry, but I have to tell you Mm. that my marriage, we gave our marriage another chance and we're still married because we created war rooms and actually prayed instead of fighting our battles with each other. Or, um, you know, people who, young kids Mm. who come to me and show me pictures of their war room that they've got in their closet that their parent doesn't even know about and they're praying for their parents or, I mean, it's just been amazing. So Mm. you're right. I would have never known what I missed out on if I didn't take the plunge and sort of just go for it. Yeah. You know, I've released my first book this year. And so I feel this small. I know. Bravo, Jamie. Thank you. Thank you. But there was so much fear going into it. I'm I'm a big people pleaser, which gets me in a lot of trouble sometimes. And I want everyone to be happy. And so putting art out like you have for all these years and putting something that you've created, again, obviously it's a ministry. It's also you're putting yourself out there. I was really, really scared and afraid. But what makes me, my heart just swell are the women who come forward and say, I've, I've never told anyone my story. And because you did, I'm going to tell mine. And I'm just like, I'll do that all over again. Like I'll, I'll, I'll put myself out there all over again for these stories that are coming in by God changing people's lives. Any more movies on the horizon? I know you're getting scripts. 
You know, that's so interesting you ask that because the Kendrick brothers are about to go into filming their next movie, which I've read the script for now. It's going to be, I, I just think it's going to be fantastic and epic. And they've asked me to do something in that in that film. It's not the main character, but I am so okay with that. I am so excited about it. So we probably will be filming actually at the time that this conversation airs, we'll be filming. I love it. Do you remember your first day on set? Oh, yes, I remember it because the Kendrick brothers pulled us all together for prayer. They did that a lot, by the way, through the process. We would just stop everybody in front of camera, behind camera, makeup, art, direction, whoever it was, would all come together to pray over particular scenes. But that first day of filming, there we were sitting in that kitchen. You remember that memorable scene about the lukewarm coffee between me and Miss Clara? That was the very first scene we filmed. And I'm sitting there. Mm. I already had on the, my wardrobe, but makeup wasn't done yet or anything, just wardrobe. But I'm sitting there and they wanted to stop and pray. And I mean, Alex started praying for this film. And it was the first time I had been on set with the cameras. Everything was set up, lighting, all of it. And I think the gravity of it hit me in that moment. I was like, oh, this is a real movie. Like, oh, <laughs> I don't know what I had in my head, but what you see on TV about the making of films, that's what it looked like. And so the, it, the weight of it hit me and I went, oh, oh, it's, it's, it's a real movie. And I just cried. I mean, I broke down mm. in the biggest sob, biggest cry because the gravity of it hit me. And I, and I, I recognized, number one, um, how, how nervous I actually was. I was very, very nervous. And I was going to yeah. try to figure out. And I needed to get, I think I just, you know how it is when you get a little bit of anxiety built up in you, sometimes you just need a good cry. <laughs> so I had one. I didn't mean to, but right there in front of everybody, I just kind of broke mm, down yeah. and cried. And, um, and, and then also just, again, the weight, the the weight of the breadth of this, the influence that could be possible if we handled this project in a way that honored God. Yes. The weight of that sort of hit me uh, that first day. So yeah, I'll never forget my first day on set. Uh, well, Priscilla, thank you so much for coming on the happy hour. It's been such a joy um, just to talk to you and hear your passion for the Lord and for your family. I think it's a really good reminder um, as women, we can look at someone who's doing, you know, quote unquote, you know, these things that we see out in the public. And it's just really great. I know women will be super encouraged um, by your love for your family and your love for just God's word and for everything that you do through the lens of, is this going to minister to people and point them to Jesus? So thank you so much for that. Well, thank you. And listen, I'm cheering for you in every aspect as a mom and with your book, your new book and this ministry the Lord has given you. And this podcast is so fun. And so many people talk about it and how they enjoy just sitting back and, and engaging with you and your guests on the, on the happy hour. So it's not, I know it's a full investment. When you have four kids, it's a full investment of your life to carve out stuff for, for things like this, but they matter, Jamie. And so I'm cheering for you. Bravo. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, thanks, Priscilla. You're welcome. Third Love is passionate about the perfect fit, and they believe it's time for your bra to fit you, not the other way around. Their collections are designed by women for women, so you will love the way you feel under each and every look. And now they offer over 70 sizes and more than a dozen styles, so you'll find the perfect bra for every moment and every outfit. Get 15% off your first purchase by going to thirdlove.com slash Jamie today. You guys, wasn't that a great chat with Priscilla? I seriously look up to her so much with how she uses her time to love on her family so well and do ministry so very well. The doors that God has opened up for her to share the love of Jesus is amazing. And it's seriously a joy to watch her do it so well. Guys, I know the audio was a little off in this episode. We tried as hard as we could just recording, not in the same room. Sometimes that happens. So please forgive us. I hope you still enjoyed the show. 
Don't forget, we're giving away a copy of the trilogy that Priscilla wrote, Prince Warriors, that we talked about. Follow me on Instagram. I'm at Jamie Ivy for more information about how you can get in on that. Today's show was edited with Chris from Podshaper, and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Next week, my guest is Brittany Price Brooker, and this girl has so much joy that it is contagious for sure. She's endured much tragedy in her short life, but she is still singing that God is good. You're going to love our conversation. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend. 